Welcome, everybody, to another edition of SLMA Radio. This week's episode is Revenue Rebels. A show hosted by Roan Morgan the first week of every month right here on SLMA Radio. Roan is the CEO of Demand Lab, and Demand Lab is also the sponsor for this program. So without further ado, let's bring in the good folks from Demand Lab. Get things started. Hey, Roan. As always, thank you for the intro, Paul, and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today on Revenue Rebels podcast. We are really excited to bring in the new year with today's guest. She is a rule-breaking marketer herself. She's led marketing, demand gen, and sales development for some top IT and computer software companies. I'm really excited that we've got Maria Pergolino joining us today on our podcast. She's the CMO of Anaplan and is known in the industry for building world-class teams. I've personally seen her working with a number of companies driving growth, product differentiation, and category development. So I'm super excited to have you joining, Maria. Thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you, Rowan. I'm excited to be here. So one little side note for our listeners, Maria and I have actually known each other for over 10 years now since we worked together when we were in Philly. I I don't think we're going to share any of those long past stories, but we certainly have been in the trenches together. And I think that for me, I'm really excited to bring Maria your knowledge and perspective to the listeners, because I think that you've always had a lot to share and I've always loved our conversations in the past. So good to have you here. Thank you. I totally agree. And I think a great tip there for all of the listeners, great marketing is not something you do alone. Marketing is definitely a team sport. And I think some of the best marketing comes from conversations that you have with other marketers. And so I appreciate having you in my network and I hope all of the listeners build up really great marketing networks because it's critical for success. We need each other. Couldn't agree more. So cool. So with that, let's dive into our topic today. Maria, I'd love to know in your opinion, what mistakes do you see marketers making when they're evaluating or adopting trends? Yeah, and I love trends as a topic, especially as we kick off the new year. Everybody's thinking about their plans and what they're going to add or maybe even take away. The first thing Mm -hmm. with trends is I think we're always adding. A year or so ago, I, I was really curious. All of these things that had become popular, things we would have called trends, right? Starting with PPC and content marketing and going into lead nurturing and lead scoring and then into things like account based marketing marketing metrics. And if you look, all of those things, like if you use a share of voice tool, if you look at Google Trends and map them out, they all have this fast growth. Marketers adopt fast and we think, okay, well, it's a trend. So then it goes away. But the reality is, if you look at any of the tools that you can see, they grew quickly, but then they level off, but they don't go back down. And what that says to me is, it's really important for marketers to understand the trends because they don't go away. We're adding tools to our toolbox. It's not that something new comes and then we get to get rid of what's in the past. Our jobs are actually becoming harder. And so you have mm-hmm. to be able to add each of those things, each of those tools to become strong marketer across disciplines. And so I think the first mistake is just thinking something as a trend, letting it go by and not building up 
that tool. It's not that you should run to every shiny new thing, but if something's gaining momentum is becoming a new channel to market or a new way to look at content, you really need to have great awareness. And if not, you're maybe missing the boat on a tactic or channel. Well, and I think that as we have seen with our marketing stacks, we're constantly adding new technologies, certainly new approaches and strategies and tactics. What I think is a big challenge sometimes could be how to manage all of that, but then also making the choices that are going to benefit you the most. And sometimes that might mean consolidation, maybe not scrapping something, but have you ever seen situations where all of a sudden you've got too much replication? You've got too many things that are sort of doing similar work or tactics that are even running in conflict. Yeah, I think there are lots of examples of that for a lot of organizations. I know one of the customers here at Anaplan, you know, we, we were just talking to them and they were saying that they were consolidating all of the different tools they were using as a company and they were trying to, it was about a, it was a company around 2000 people and they were using 150 different applications and they were trying to bring that number down. And what you see is marketers often are smart about automating, but they may use a number of siloed tools to do that. You know, maybe they're using a survey tool that's different than the survey tool for customer success, which is different than how you get your product feedback. I think there's lots of examples about that. And we honestly think about that a lot here at Anaplan. What has caused a lot of our growth, not just with marketers, but across the organization is this idea for us of connected planning, which says, don't just you, you do your marketing plan in a silo from your sales plan, from your finance plan, use one system across the organization. So there's more, if the sales team overperforms, let's put some more budget back into marketing. Or if marketing runs a promotion, Let's let the supply chain team know so that they can plan to have more production. And so I don't think it's just consolidation within the marketing group. I think company-wide, you really need to think about leveraging similar tools. And again, with your collaboration, with your CRM, with ERP, all through the business, not having siloed technology, I think is really, really important for efficiency, even if you lose a specific piece of functionality that isn't built into that shared solution. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Can you tell us from your perspective, Maria, are there any big trends for 2019 that you think are maybe a passing fad or even a bad idea? Yeah, I think that there are so many point solutions that address every single challenge you could think of in your marketing technology, and to be honest, across every area of the business, I think you have to really think about where automation is smart and where you should leverage it in a great way and not try to automate everything. Something really interesting to me, I constantly encourage our marketing team to spend time in self-development. I see that as something I have to push and remind the team of, as opposed to something that is naturally happening. The flip side of that is that every time there's new technology, I'll watch the team, watch a webinar about it or learn about it. I would take from that that you should think about how to develop some of your own skills and really be thoughtful and strategic about where to put automation in place as opposed to just jumping on every new webinar 
and listening to that vendor's pitch and saying, okay, we have to add this. And I, I like that because it's about really developing the team and learning from each other as opposed to just kind of jumping into the next thing. That's a really good point. And we haven't actually had anybody bring that up in last um, podcasts, the idea of self-development. And I think oftentimes we are so busy, caught up in the whirlwind that it is chasing the next trend. Do you have any stories that you might be able to tell about self-development and how enabling and really encouraging your team to develop themselves, maybe personally and professionally, has supported your goals? We kicked off with that, Roan, just you and I talking about how we've stayed in touch for a decade and we do different types of marketing, but uh, we learn from each other. I think any places where you bring people together to talk about what's working, what's not working, is really important. Now that it's the beginning of the year, you know, making a list of the things that you want to do better. Marketing is the strategy of the company. It is what faces the outside. And so it should be very thoughtful. It's, it's kind of a big bag to carry, right? It's, and just like any heavy bag, you got to train for it, right? And so I think coming up with a plan, it doesn't mean that you have to sign up for five conferences that are a week long. But instead, thinking about the areas that you want to do better, and that may not be about technology. It may be around soft skills. It may be about marketing metrics. There's lots of different areas that you may want to develop. Setting up a plan, looking for different local events that are happening, and then not being scared. I think one of the things I've seen you do that I do is just reaching out to your network and saying, hey, does anybody have an idea for this? How are other people doing this? Any time that you can do that knowledge exchange, I think is extremely valuable. I agree. Again, back to the network and building on our great relationships and resources. Hey, we're going to actually take a quick break and turn the mic over to Paul. We'll be right back to continue talking with Maria uh, about trend setting, trend following, and personal and professional development. <laughs> And the short break is just this. It's a short word about Demand Lab. They help organizations like yours transform their revenue potential by connecting their greatest assets, people. And they put it together with processes, technology, and data through customized revenue ecosystem solutions. By leveraging marketing technology, data science, governance, and analytics with content as well, Demand Lab helps B2B organizations advance business goals and drive revenue. If you want to find out more about their magic formula, just visit the site demandlab.com. That's demandlab.com. All right, and with that, I demand to hear the second half of the show. Here we go. Thanks, Paul. We're back to continue our conversation with Maria on trend setting and marketing. So, Maria, let's talk a little bit about marketers who are looking for the next best thing and trying to set the year up for success. What do you think marketers risk when they're going with their gut or relying on trends and best practices rather than following their own marketing data? I mean, we've all done it, right? So many decisions we're making as marketers are driven by intuition instead of data. I think the important thing here is that data doesn't happen accidentally or it doesn't just appear after the activity. You have to have a plan for what success you're trying to drive. You need to be able to forecast that success. 
if you're adding in a tool or if you're following a trend that you can't forecast an increase in optimization or a decrease in staffing or some benefit that way, then maybe it's not the right thing to do right now. Or maybe with every trend you follow, there's opportunity costs. How can you plan better to to use your time and resources in the smartest way? And so we spend a lot of time here, right? There's a, Rowan, I know that you know this about me, but maybe some on the, the call don't. I have been very careful about which companies I've chosen to work with, and I do it based on where I think there's great opportunity. I'd spend time at Marketo, and clearly marketing automation has grown. I then spend time with a, a vendor in quoting and contract management, clearly critical to our organizations. And I specifically sought out the opportunity with Anaplan because marketing needs to plan better. We need better metrics. And I saw it as an opportunity for myself to be at the top of what I think is a trend. Anytime that you're thinking about engaging in something, you really have to think about what is really going to be the benefit. What do you get more efficient? What are you going to get out of it? And plan for how you're going to capture that data so that you can actually see if you got the return. I've also noticed once you put something in place, it's hard to let something go that's not working. I don't know if you find that hard yourself, but it, if you start out with good metrics and know what expectations you have, then it's easier to say, hey, this is going in the right way, or maybe we're not seeing the return on this trend that we need to, and then you know, let it go. You pointed out something really important, which is making sure you're able to collect the data and ensuring before you roll out anything new, ensuring that it's structured well, you've got the right architecture, that the integrations are working so you can bring in the data. And what I think is really important about the last point you you mentioned is it brings in the objectivity. It's hard to let go of something that perhaps you brought into the company. You then championed and managed the implementation and or, or managed the the overarching strategy of some new concept or ABM or, um, you know, a new technology like sales enablement technology. And if it's not working, how can you know that unless you're able to measure it, right? Being able to be objective and say, look, the data is telling us it's not working. We're going to move on. It's that fail fast approach, right? You know, when I think back over the past year, I try to be really open with the team about things we did well and things, mistakes we made. And I have highlighted one that I made where the team suggested we abandon an event that we were sponsoring because we weren't seeing the traction and we ended up going forward with it. You know, that was a little bit of FOMO that I had. And in looking back, I shouldn't have had that. So that is something that all of us do. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't hide from that. I think being open and talking about it is really important. Completely agree. It's actually something that I call marketing research and development. I think that not doing well, learning from mistakes is really accepted in a lot of other areas of corporate America, but we haven't embraced it, I think, enough in marketing. Yeah, that's understood. Most parts of the organization are about resources. The cost is about the people. In Mm -hmm. marketing, it's a mix. It's, It's people, but it's also about investments. And nobody wants to think about making the wrong investments, right? It's similar with our own personal investments. It's really hard to let that stock go, right? We think it's just going to, soon it's going to hit. It's going to do well later. And I think that that's what makes it unique. It's the way that we work in the organization is a little bit different. And I think that makes that a unique challenge. But I love that marketing research and development. I think that's something that I'm going to use. Well, listen, I would love it if you could share with our listeners 
um, a little bit about how you go about developing your marketing plans. You know, we're in the new year. I'm sure a lot of folks have been feverently working on their marketing plans, at least for the last quarter and getting them running. But tell us a little bit about how you do it. This is exciting to share. So I think all of us know there's some things that you're going to do, you know, going into the year that you're going to have, whether that be a conference that you're supporting or an initiative that has been predecided. I think we start off really understanding what those big initiatives are and then deciding if there's any other what we would maybe call big rocks that need to go into the plan. We take those and we put those in our planning tool. We forecast what the results of those are going to be. We make some decisions about investments there. Could we do more with those things or do we need to then add more? We then look across what the return was previous years and make uh, plans for the other initiatives that we want to drive. And some of those are in buckets, right? Maybe digital is a bucket and we say, hey, we want to grow that by 10% or, or we're going to deaccelerate that because we weren't seeing the results we want to see. One of the things we do that I think is sometimes missed in that is we make sure it aligns then to the sales plan, the CS plan, the product plan. We use a tool where we can see all the other team's plans And so being able to say, hey, if all of these things add up the way we're forecasting and marketing, will we get the pipeline that we need? And will that then support the deal closure that we have to have? Very similarly on the customer side, we can forecast things like the engagements that we're going to have with our customers and see if then we're going to get the engagement that we need so that we have the, you know, we have the retention that we're looking for. It's not just about setting up plans but about making sure those plans tie into the overall success of the organization. I think the other thing that people don't plan for that is really important is knowing where you could make additional investments outside of the plan. Those plans that we're starting with right now in the beginning of the year, they're a point in time, but the company is going to change. We're going to have more budget or less budget. We're going to consolidate resources, whatever those things may be. And really having a sense of where you would add or what you put in at the end that is the least efficient is really important so that you don't end up having to replan 20 times over the year, but instead can be really fluid and make adjustments as the business situation changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How often are you reviewing your numbers? We do a monthly and quarterly business review like a lot of people, but I would say all of this sits in a model we can make changes to that model all of the time. The other thing is you think about one plan, but we run different scenarios across that plan. So one of the things we're doing right now is saying, hey, what is the impact on marketing if we go into these new territories versus where we have more localization and maybe hire new marketers versus if we keep them in region? I've learned so much about planning and making better marketing decisions in the last year obviously, because I I work at a company that that does that so well. It has just been striking to me how much, one, your plan at the end of the year does not look like what it started with at the beginning of the year. And if you try to hold to that, how you're doing the, the company a disservice. And then just how when you plan in Excel or Google Sheets, and we have all done it, and still there are things that I go to do that with, and it doesn't work out because... Often those plans don't help you optimize both resources and investments. We almost always just look at the investments Mm -hmm. and don't think Mm -hmm. about people as an investment as well and understand the trades within the two. It's something that I didn't do as well before coming to Anaplan. 
And then really seeing how if something changes earlier in the company, so that's on the product side, like, hey, you get this new product, could you actually spend less in marketing because now you gain some efficiency or vice versa? And so as you can start doing those things, what that's given us the ability to do is carve out some dollars to just do some really cool programs that we think will give some lift because we can see where we're going to get efficiencies outside of just what marketing does. Or keep the art within the art and science, I think, of marketing, which which is important. So we need to wrap it up. I've just got one last question I'd love for you to be able to answer in, in a minute or two. But what advice would you give to marketers that want to move beyond trend following and into trend setting? Yeah, I think to tie some of the things we've talked about together here, making sure that you have you have a strong idea of what you want to develop this year. And if it hasn't been a strength in how you plan, in how you report, in how you see the value of different trends and applications, maybe you kick off the year saying, hey, I'm going to learn to do this better. I love the idea you shared of research and development. And so it seems like if you do those things that we're really getting out of the doing a trend just for a trend, but maybe moving to a trend because we know it's going to be right for the organization. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thank you. Maria, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram or most social channels with Inbound Marketer. You can find Anaplan typically with some variations with the Anaplan name, and then anybody can feel free to email me. You'll find that by connecting in LinkedIn and, and then getting my email address there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been an absolute pleasure having you join us today. As always, I love our conversations and I really appreciate your your time and your perspective. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Revenue Rebels. I'm your host, Roan Morgan, and you can find me on LinkedIn at R-H-O-A-N Morgan. Now back over to you, Paul, in the studio. You've been listening to another episode at Salome Radio with Revenue Rebels monthly program right here on the Funnel Radio Network for at work listeners like you.